You're listening to the Industry Alchemist Podcast. The definition of alchemy is a seemingly magical process of transformation or creation. This podcast exists to hear the stories of entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders doing just that in their industry. We hear about the journey of the brave souls carving a new path, moving their industry and our lives forward in a seemingly magical way. I'm your host, Matt Brower, co-founder and managing broker of Column Commercial Partners, helping companies save money on their real estate. Hello, beautiful people. This is Matt Brower, your host of the Industry Alchemist podcast. Uh, this episode's guest is a Denver native that after getting his master's degree in international finance from the University of Denver, he served in several corporate roles from t chief technology officer to growth strategist uh, as a consultant. Throughout those experiences, he began unfolding his creative side and his passion for healing, healing the human body through powerful anti antioxidants and healing the human spirit through conversations and connection. In his words, Sam Sokol's latest project called Gratitude is a little game with a big heart that's based on a true story. I very much look forward to hearing that story. So thank you very much, Sam, for spending some time with us today. Hey, great to be with you. Thank you for the opportunity to connect today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, we're going to talk about a lot. I know you've, you've done a lot in your life, in your professional life, and you're, you're working out a lot still. Um, and I wanted to uh, dive in with hearing um, the story of Gratitude and how you how it came to be. Like, tell us about your journey and how you arrived at this place and what you're working on now. Yeah, thanks for that question. Uh, Gratitude started as a tool that I wanted to share with people. I had, I had done these seminars and classes and workshops about entrepreneurship and found them to be extraordinary. And they're amazing. They just blew my mind. I invited other people. They got to experience it. I thought, this is great. But what about those people that can't go? What, they don't have the money. They don't speak the language. They can't travel. You know, Maybe you live in China. You can't get a visa. All these things, but you want to live an expanded life. And yeah. would it be possible to have a game, you know, that, and what we were learning in these workshops is all based on gaming. It wasn't black and yeah. white. It wasn't your standard, you know, class where you go and take notes and, and take a test. It's like you go, you have an experience, you play a game with other people. And then what you begin to realize is the way you play that game is how you show up in life. And I thought, what if we could play that as, as, a, as a game that anybody in the world could have? And if they wanted to dive deeper, they could dive deeper. But uh, essentially, it'd be possible without the guru, without the thousands of dollars, and without the travel. And uh, that's sort of where the idea came from, is a, a little game in a box that would expand, expand your world. And, and for those people that, that care to do the learning, you know, uh, if they get a point, um, those kind of expansive experiences, those workshops were really celebrated and people wanted to go and learn more about themselves, learn more about personal expansion. And then for a little while, I think it kind of went away. You know, it was like, oh, that's too woo-woo. You're going to walk on fire? What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> and and yeah. some people kind of pushed back on it. But when we traveled, we went international. We found people in Poland, for example, and Russia were really hungry. And they were so hungry, they'd do anything to make it happen. So it was like that kind of inspiration, that kind of drive, well, you could put that game in a box. And then you could have people connect with their friends and other resources. So I think because of the internet, because of, of this desire to grow and expand and not just go and do a job until you die, um, yeah. that, that opened up a market and possibility for it. So that was sort of the beginning of the idea. And then that merged with uh, the question of connection. 
And uh, I went to Burning Man and decided I wanted to be silent to listen better, to connect better with people. And because everything at Burning Man is radical, I did that for a week. So I was radically silent for a week at Burning Man with just uh, questions in my pocket, one for each day, and a little note that said, since I learned to speak, I haven't stopped. And I'm taking this That's time to, to listen. And if there's something you want to share, I promise I won't interrupt. Wow, what what a radical move that is. I mean, there's so much energy and activity and people and I mean, everything at Burning Man, the, the fact that you were able to, to do that, to remain silent, that is like, holy shit. <laughs> it must have been really hard. How did you, uh, how did you do that? Um, did you, were you able to communicate with anyone? Or what was your modality for communication if you wanted to? So I, I had the, the card was the main way. It wasn't like a sign. You know, some people say, well, were you standing there with a sign around your head? <laughs> like, no, I, yeah. I didn't want to be a spectacle. I wasn't, you know, inviting that. I just, I wanted to show up differently. I wanted to show up differently, not, you know, other people see me and say, oh gosh, this is a whole thing. You know, it's like, right. Um, and, and what was interesting, there's so many things that are interesting. Initially, what I found most interesting in my own spirit was the feeling like a burden had been lifted when I decided to be silent and just listen. Because I feel like, in a way, there's this responsibility to do this back and forth game, hitting the tennis ball back and forth across the net, in a way where it's uh, almost competitive. It's it's really like, you know, and, and part of the competition is interruption. It's literally a sport, and people would say things right. like, "You don't mean to interrupt," but and so I observed and listened to and watched other conversations where that was happening constantly, and it was. It's hard for me to see people being interrupted. It was hard for me to see people not being heard, not being listened to, and I think. And we have these two desires, one's to, to be understood and the other one's to understand. And, you know, how do we bring those into balance is part of the question. So watching people interact was was uh, this constant kind of struggle of interruption and me being there to listen. Sometimes I faded away. Like when you're not participating in something, people think maybe you don't care, you don't, you don't want to be part of it. But I, I right. thought that was interesting, too, just being fully present, listening. You know, I was there in eye contact, but if I didn't say anything, it's just sort of like I... I disappeared and I didn't exist, especially in such a noisy environment. And that's uh, that that was, was uh, challenging. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say how challenging was that to the human ego for that to happen? I think it, it was it was very powerful because ultimately I, I had this expression feeling like people feel alone generally, not mm -hmm. not just in a social environment, but in this experience of life in this journey of yeah. being human. There's a sense that at some point in time, you're going to feel alone. And people will fill that space, the void, that aloneness with anything, yeah. anything, music, uh, distraction. You know, if there's a pause in the conversation, they fill it immediately. There's a gap. Oh, I got to put this something there because it's quiet. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And there, you know, there are two things that come to mind. One, one was we played gratitude with this guy in uh, Brazil. And he said he thought that one of the tokens of friendship is being comfortably silent when you can be silent and it's comfortable and you can do that together he didn't think that was awkward he felt like that was a sign of true friendship mm, wow and another one that was uh and it's so true you, you uh, sorry to interrupt like if, if i'm thinking of i mean everybody says this about like the friends that you can be on a road trip and it's perfectly silent in the car or you can be around and you just be with people and there's nothing more needed that is uh, everyone says that is a true friend and that is someone that you have a real connection with so that's like 
that's incredible that you're, you're uh, you experienced that. And you, it sounds like you had a breakthrough with that uh, at Burning Man doing this. Well, there, there are these beautiful moments that, that don't require any words. In fact, words cheapen it. Mm. I mean, I, I think about, for example, two people sitting down, maybe on a cliff overlooking the ocean, seeing the first light in the morning and watching all the colors dance in the sky. Yeah. I mean, volumes of, of, of human expression have been filled with trying to express what that is. Poetry, music. <laughs> I mean, how many different ways do we try to, to share our experience and yet sitting there knowing that there's no way you could possibly describe that, but to feel the beauty of it together, that yeah. feels like true friendship. Wow. So uh, as this relates to the game Gratitude, uh, and, and for, for the listener's sake, I have had the pleasure of playing this game the very first time I had met Sam. Uh, we were at a mutual friend's house. He was having people over. There was music playing and he just pulled this game out and everyone got really curious about it because it's a very unique looking game. And it's actually very simple. And uh, we just started playing it and instantly the container was created um, of this place where everyone's listening just drops in deep and you cannot wait to hear what the person who's, uh, whose turn it is has to say. And uh, like, how does that, so that relates to the game, um, that correlates to the game, how would you describe that? Well, so, so when I was at Burning Man, I had a question for every day, like something that would start a conversation because I didn't have words to start the conversation. I wanted to get to know people. And so I had seven questions for the week. And some of those were really good and some of them didn't, you know, really land. You know, it's like, yeah. what, what did I get to hear? And so as I thought about that, and of course, as you know, getting to Burning Man and coming back, you have a lot of time. And so I was thinking about these questions. How could I make those questions better? What were the sort of elements of great human connection? And what I came to realize is that what you talked about the container that container, that choice to listen, that was we call it holding space, this paradox, something you can't hold and yet we do somehow, this metaphysical space. You, you sit there, you look at the, the sun with this other person, you're holding a certain space, certain space is being held for you. And so establishing that container and then really asking a good question and listening, right? So that was part of it. And then I said, well, what are the elements of our human stories? What are the common things that are always there? And so time is one and space is another. So these two cubes, time and space, help set a little bit of the context. So as you know, on the time dice, you might find now and future and past. And so some of the time spaces are context, right? And then we also know that time is an illusion. So you can get really creative with time. And then space could be something like courage. It could be joy, but it could also be regret. It could also be fear. And so I think the human experience is going to have all of these things and if we're willing to listen and share that container with, with others, we'll realize, well, we are human. It's okay to talk about fear. And some so often, especially when I talk about those entrepreneurial courses and learning from people around the world, those moments of fear or maybe shame, those are catapult moments. When you, when you decide how you want to process that, and if you have the, the courage to speak about that with others, that can be a way to, to evolve your life. This is a tool then. Communication was the first really big tool of evolution. And if we choose to do that with others, then this is a way to, to improve our lives. Yeah, beautifully said. Um, so tell me more about, you know, you, you got your master's degree 
um, got into the, the job market and started grinding away. Like, uh, talk about the pivotal moment where you started getting curious about introspective work, leadership training, like um, that side of this before all of this really started, where your journey started. Thank you. That's a great question. And, and there was a book, it was Power Versus Force. And it was about basically being able to tune into the environment around you and understand its, its benefit or, or, you know, detriment to you. So, for example, uh, it uses applied kinesiology. And mm -hmm. one of the tests that these, these people did, they traveled all over the country and they had an envelope. And, and inside the envelope, it's a white envelope, so you can't see what's in the envelope. And it's a powder inside the envelope. It could be vitamin C or it could be NutraSweet. And then they have people put their arms out and someone would push down on the arm. And if the arm went weak with the, you know, the envelope in front of your solar plexus in the middle of your body, um, then, then that would be an indication that it wasn't good for you. Okay. Now this was just a test. You didn't know it was in the envelope and they have people do that, record the results and time again and time again and time again, wherever they went, same kind of results came up. The NutraSweet, because we know that's cancer producing, that would make their arm go weak. And if it was vitamin C, then it would stay strong. So the question we were asking is, is this good for the human body? And the calibration was yes or no, right? And so wow. I thought, that's amazing. <laughs> what do you mean that's possible? And yet we know that's possible just in our experiences, right? Tuition and yeah, feeling the body knows. People. The body knows. You could yeah. be with somebody and say, gosh, this person feels really safe. I like being around them. And you might be around someone else go, ooh, I don't know. And, and children, dogs are really good at that, right? They can pick up on some of these things. You say, well, why? How is that possible? And so I, I saw that and I, I just got super interested in this other kind of the metaphysical, right? Because so much of life seems to be physical. And then you start to move into this metaphysical. You go, Whoa, what, what else is possible? And then from there, it just opened up a, a, a good Pandora's box, right? <laughs> it opened yeah. up all these other books. And, and then people, uh, I think I began to, as I shifted, attracting people into my life so I had a friend say, hey, there's this uh, seminar. It's called Success Secrets of the 21st Century. Kind of a hokey title now if you listen to it. Yeah. And uh, I went to it and it was gameplay. It was meeting really interesting people, having amazing conversations and, and seeing people that have been very successful. So that got me interested. Just Not just success from a money perspective, but people I wanted to talk to. And, and we talk about those common threads, like why do we feel compelled to be with somebody and for me, one of those things is gratitude. One of those things is trust. Um, mm -hmm. So those are some of the common elements. And when I found those people, I went, wow, I want to stay here. I want to be with these people and I want to continue to expand into the space. Wow. Yeah. So um, in what year was that? Would you say that you read that book? 2005 or six. Okay. Wow. See, this journey started for you a long time ago. Beautiful. Yes, did. Have you read that? Are you familiar with that? I've not read that book. No, I've, I've uh, done a lot of introspective uh, leadership training is what I call it. Uh, like you, my journey started in uh, April 2011, but I have not read that book. Well, there's there's one page if you have a chance to look at it. And for anyone listening, it's it's sort of extraordinary. On, on the book that I got, it was page 69. So somewhere in there in the book, and it's called yeah. A Map of Consciousness. And it basically is a scale from zero to a thousand and it shows different emotions and different uh, views of life. So, for example, um, guilt and shame have a certain number associated mm -hmm. with it. Courage has a higher number associated with it, right? So if you look at shame, shame is below fear. 
fear has more energy behind it. And so it's a way to actually look at and, and sort of qualify and quantify these kinds of words, feelings, and, and associations to begin to understand where do you want to be. It's about vibration. We talk about vibration all the time. This puts a number to it. And 200 is courage. So there's certain places in the world where they're not, like the whole country is not quite calibrated at 200. And so you kind of see this devolution, 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 revolution and problems, right? You see people dying, you see you know a lot of violence, those kind of things. When you get to 200, then life becomes possible in a new way. So it, it put a frame to, to this sort of world that we're living around and, and, and made it a little bit more solid, made the metaphysical a little bit more uh, understandable. And those elements are in the game. So as you begin to look at things, you go, wow, where do I want to be? What frequency am I operating at right now? Oh, I'm at this frequency. Oh, could I choose to be at another frequency? Yeah. The, what, I, what I love about this is, I mean, the, the, the places that this could have, this game can have a massive impact are just so widespread. Like, I'm just thinking, like, in my own time i have had the fortune of being involved in uh, a couple different uh groups business related groups where there's a leader there's a coach leading the conversation and um the questions that are asked are for the purpose of creating this container instantly and creating this space of vulnerability and sharing and connection and those leaders, uh, as they should, they get paid a lot of money because they are creating this and it causes breakthroughs for, the, for those of us in the group. And um, uh, a couple of them have been on this podcast actually. And what this game does is allows you to, whether it's with your friends or your executive team or your, maybe there's a division of, in a company of a, uh, team environment is super important and connection and everyone in the same boat rowing in the same direction uh, for team members to be very connected uh, is very important. And this game would be a phenomenal way of helping that to happen without having to, you know, maybe spend thousands of dollars on um, on that, having somebody guide the conversation. Um, so, wow, that's it's incredible. It's such a uh, great way to bring this out to the masses. Thank you. I, I, I think you're right about the teams. <clears throat> Would you know? You're, you, if you look at your life, and you know, I think there's some basic questions. Like one is: Is the universe, this environment, uh, you know, maybe you call it something else. Maybe say is: Is it God or whatever your life view is, your worldview? Is it supportive of you? Right? Mm. Does life support me? Is the universe for me? or against me. Some people think the universe is against them. And so they walk around maybe feeling a little bit more like a victim. And other mm -hmm. people think, oh, no, it's all for me. I'm the hero. I'm the hero of this experience. And yeah. so you have different ways of seeing it. But I, I think if you, if you see the universe is for you, then it's also possible that the people around you are also for you, that you're on your team, right? So if everybody's on your team, then why not build a high performance team? Why not develop that team? So both from the standpoint of like a personal way of living life and also being in a company to say, wow, how can I develop these relationships knowing that this world and the space around me is for me for a better experience? And this is an evolutionary tool. It's a, it's a catalyst for faster connection, deeper connection by asking different questions. And some yeah. people are like, oh, well, I don't need a game to do that. And maybe you don't. Nobody needs yeah. this, right? Yet it's a powerful tool. 
And I, what I love about it is it, um, it brings up things in a way that it's very thoughtful. Someone yeah. will roll the dice, pull a card, and they'll stop, they'll think, and that opens up into a new moment, as opposed to, well, where are you from? What do you do? And those are on autopilot, these, these automatic answers. The so surface level, level, yeah. Yeah, super, super level, like, you know, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. How much time do we have on this planet? No, I don't think anyone <laughs> likes doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm just thinking one one other area that I uh, didn't mention is like, could you imagine the transformative conversations that could happen at like Thanksgiving dinner with your family <laughs> or oh, any of these types oh, of, for, wow. <laughs> well, they're, they're, I'm glad you brought that up. I actually, uh, I got invited to someone else's Thanksgiving dinner with their family and yep. she said, bring the game. And so uh, I did, I brought the game and she said that she couldn't imagine people playing it, but if I brought it, she felt like maybe there was a chance, right? Instead uh -huh. of suggesting it, I suggest I'm a guest, right? And so I, I brought up the game. People didn't know it was my game, right? I, okay. I just put the game on the table and it was extraordinary. She, she said it was the best Thanksgiving that she's ever had. Her mom opened up, her, her, uh, you know, her family and friends in a way that she never expected. Her ex-husband was there with, her, with his girlfriend. That's how close the family was. That was possible, right? That, that, yeah. that he was invited and lovely person. And she opened up, her ex-husband opened up. It was, it was really cool. And as we're driving back, she said, this was the best Thanksgiving. And then we just played at um, the United Nations. Uh, last week, we were in New York playing at the United Nations and we're playing with interns. And uh, a lot of these interns have, have sacrificed a lot in their life to come and be in service in a way that they think can help the world. And so... They may have had a good job wherever they lived, and then they had to make this journey from, from Europe to the United States or from China to the United States, wherever, to be in this new space with new people. And what was interesting to me about it, and the person that brought us in is the director of partnerships, he said that he watched at the end after we played the game, people exchanging numbers, curious to meet each other, desires to those friendships. He says, mm -hmm. this doesn't happen. Wow. This doesn't happen. And so you, no. you ask the question, what, what could happen? What would be possible? And it, it, that's the question I ask is what would be possible if we let go of some of the divisive things that we talk about that are very mind-based, right? And get into the heart-based questions when we do hold that space, we do listen. Even if you don't agree with the person, with what they say, their, their life view, their worldview might be different than yours. They say, no, the world's not for me, for example. It's against yeah. me. I'm a victim. And you just listen, you hear their story, you listen to their heart. Just that can be transformative. Just, so to speak, just, that. just listening yeah. can be transformative. Yeah. So, um, so you mentioned you played at the United Nations recently. Um, your, you, you invented this game and you created this game. I want to hear um, how, what was the process to build it and come up with the questions and things. But I also want to hear uh, now that it's existing and it's actually for sale, we'll, we'll mention how people can get a hold of it and put the links in the, in the posts and everything. Um, what, what steps are you taking to get the word out, get this, get this out to the general public and to businesses and, and everything? Um, and I know you have some very powerful, very influential partners on your team. Uh, talk about any of that that you kind of want to. Yeah, thank you. Those are all great questions. I, I see this game as a co-creation and it, it wants to be born. It's sort of like looking the energy of Gratitude in this, this space of curiosity and trust and listening and love and all, all those things, respect. 
it wants to be born in our world in a new way, right? Cards Against Humanity, $50 million a year. We can laugh at ourselves. Cool. It's a fun drinking game. And, and yet it's against humanity. And yeah. uh, so, so we've been looking for people <laughs> who are for humanity. How can we be for humanity? How can we yeah. support that, uh, that love we want to see in the world? And and know that it's possible. I think some people don't think it's possible. And so they, they sort of go to a game that's that's poking fun because they're, they're afraid. They're afraid to open up. And uh, we, we look for partners. So one of them is uh, my friend Terry Torok and I have co-created this game over time. I invented it. And then we came together and started asking questions and getting into a process, which is great to have more than yourself because then you have synergy. Then you have a little bit of diversity, which is needed for anything to come to life and, and to be really powerful. You, you've got to have multiple diverse sources. So he and I have worked on that. And then he said, well, hey, you know, um, I met Deepak 20 years ago and I, I still know him and, and work with him. Maybe we should do something with him. And I said, well, gosh, Deepak Chopra, come on. He's like the celebrity celebrity. That'd be that'd be yeah. fun. Let's do it. And so we we tailored this game. We made uh, two adaptations based on books uh, of his uh, Total Meditation and Abundance, The Inner Path to Spiritual Wealth. And we we created this game uh, a little bit differently based on, on on this book. And that was a lot of fun to test. And we've been testing it for two and a half years now, um, these mm. different variations. And so powerful partners and, and and also value aligned, right? As you know, how important that is. And I know I've listened yeah. to your podcast. I've listened to other speakers say the same thing. And and it's true for me, finding those, those people that have a similar value set, because this is not about let's go make a bunch of money on something as a widget. Right. This is about yeah. how can we bring something really beautiful to life. So yes, the the partners, the co-creation, um, working with uh, people like the United Nations. That's one of the ways we want to to get it out there. And and uh, our contact there said, hey, this is great. It would be better if you were a nonprofit. It would be easier to work with you if you were a nonprofit. So we're exploring if that maybe is a better vehicle for us to get the word out to share. We want to share with communities. Um, imagine this at a senior care facility. Imagine this in prison. You know, oh my God. Make an experience wow. better for humans. And that, that ultimately is, I think the, the drive behind this is how do we, <laughs> how do we improve our experience on this planet for not just ourselves, but for everyone? hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. And it, it um, helps people see how radically similar we all are as opposed to radically different than which we all think we are. <laughs> you know? Well, I, I think you just said it, right? I mean, it's like think, and there's a feel, right? We feel we're the same and we think we're different. And yeah, that to me, is so true. It's like if we get into our heart and we and we can stay there, versus be in like this protective world of thought and mind. I think it's a sweeter experience, and I feel it's it's a, a sweeter experience as well. Oh my gosh! Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just so I don't forget at the end, I know that your game is live on. Like people can get it on Amazon, or like what what are the best ways for people to to see the game, learn more about it, and buy it if they would like. Absolutely. So on Amazon, you can find on Shopify. We're at gratitude.game. Uh, we've also found that the affiliate model works really well. People love to buy a game and love to gift a game. Mm -hmm. um, so if, if you're one of those people, then you can sign up to be an affiliate. It's automated, and it's it's easy to do. You get a coupon you can share with others, and then a, a link that you can track sales. So that's an easy way to do it. Introductions. I mean, we, like you said, working with high performance teams is the next place we're going to be playing um, mm. in, in a bigger sense, right? Working with teams. And what I love about this is once the, the tool is there for a team, they can continue to use it. So yep. it's not just a, a one-time thing with one really great trainer. I mean, we, we've had the chance to train and, and be great facilitators, but 
that's a skill that people can learn and the game holds the space very well. So yeah. for those people that are like, I love this, how can I do it? I'm not a facilitator, I still wanna share it. Well, you're, you're a facilitator in training and this game will help you get to that place very quickly so that you can be that person bringing it into your team and your company. So we wanna do those offsite retreats and what's useful to us is, you know, if someone says, hey, this organization could would really love to work with you. My company needs this. Those are really great uh, references for us um, to be able to move this forward. And basically, we want to get this game in as many hands as possible and let it be, you know, what, imagine this being as viral, something like Cards Against Humanity. And yeah. You know, I mean, what, what could happen? Could, could we have shit. a better world? <laughs> I mean, that's the question I'm asking. Yeah. And like with everything going on in the world right now the fact that you had people at the united nations play this like even board across borders for people to realize how the same we are and like how leaning into the love and the vulnerability and the sharing the connection i mean there's just so much opportunity for for that you know so thank you for uh spreading that uh in a very big and unique way it's so important I, I agree. It's it's exciting to me, and and I think we're well, you asked how we're getting the word out there, and and one is coming up from the bottom, so to speak, and it's grassroots. Some people, when they think of the United Nations, they're very dismayed, and they're mm -hmm. concerned because nothing seems to happen, or maybe the wrong things are happening. And I can tell you from being with these these people, um, if you want to know the, who the real leaders are, <laughs> then imagine these people that are coming across, leaving their homes, wanting to do things in a better world. Those interns are leaders. They may not yeah. have the the kind of you know <laughs> visibility that others do, but that's mm -hmm. a bottom up way that I think is they're true leaders. Imagine that the message they have makes it to the top, so to speak, because some of those people that are quote unquote leading the world. They're gangsters. I mean, <laughs> they're not leaders. They're we doing the opposite of leading the world. <laughs> doing, yeah, and I'll share a quote with you. I really like that, that uh, Deepak Chopra said. He says, if you want to watch a genuine, authentic leader in the world, see how playful they are and see how much they laugh. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> That's incredible. I'm going to use that one. <laughs> it's all yours. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, so talk about the uh, what sort of challenges, what sort of like, oh, shit, surprises have you come come across through this process of building this and bringing it to the world? There have been a lot of surprises. It's such a great question. A uh, lot of surprises. We, we thought the road might be a little bit easier working with big influencers like Deepak Chopra. And uh, there's so many nuances to how, how things move. You know, he's great at writing books. He's written over 90 books, which is amazing to me. He's oh my written God. over 90 books. Wow. And uh, some of his first books are still selling well on Amazon, like, you know, mm -hmm. Laws of Spiritual Success. It's like, wow, um, to have that ability. And so he's a machine, right? He writes a book, it goes to publish, writes a book, goes to publish. And yet we have this other thing called a game. <laughs> and the publishers yeah. go, wait, whoa, 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 dice. We don't make dice, you know. So that was a surprise. Yeah. I thought, oh, we just bring this to them, and he he said, "We'll take this to Random House." Once he played it, he loved it. So we'll take it to Random House. We get it published, and that's that was his paradigm. And so bringing this to market, I, I think it's been surprising how much resistance there is. People play the game and love it. Mm -hmm. So once you've played it, you go, "Yes, I want more of this in my life. I want to gift it to everyone." But there's that friction between the mind getting into the heart journey there's there's friction there there's like this um turbulence <laughs> yeah it's like a, it's like a it, in a different category for people 
Um, and it's uh, frankly, it's it's scary for a lot of people unless you have started to experience uh, the magic of true connection and true listening. It's a scary thing to lean into. And I totally get that. Um, I think you're right about that, Matt. Yeah. I, I think it's scary. And I, I watch children. It's it's fascinating to, you know, I'm an observer of the world, very empathic. And so I pick yeah. up on a lot of these things and I watched, I'm sure you are too. I know that about you. Yeah. When you see somebody like a child, for example, with excitement, right? Whatever it is, even if it's weird, whatever they want to do. And it's like, oh, yeah. I want to tell you about this thing. And then they come and they get shut down. Someone interrupts, a grown up, an adult, somebody with authority, whoever, or maybe just a classmate or teacher or whatever. If you do that enough, if you get shut down enough, I think you you start to build walls around you. You don't want to share. If you share something and you keep getting erupted, you're done sharing. There's that frustration yep. that turns into shutting down. And I think that's part of what we're up against. We're, we're up against a world that's very noisy. When I was at Burning Man, what I realized is the noisiest, loudest thing, whatever it was, got the most attention. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's right? so true. Yeah. <laughs> What are those lights over there? Go. <laughs> yeah. And so That's it's that frenetic environment that we live in yeah. that makes it very challenging. And that was that has been very surprising to me. And to, to look at somebody that has two choices in front of them, and it's more than two choices, but to, to simplify, to say the loudest yeah. thing or some of the quieter things. And they'll go to the louder thing knowing that it, it probably won't bring them much more joy or satisfaction. And yet the other this other thing will so you know not wanting to be manipulative not wanting to play that psychological game and contort and say okay here we're going to get you you know it's like do the means justify the ends if you're manipulating somebody and you think the end is really great is it okay to manipulate i don't like that i don't like yeah. being manipulated and yet i also know that my psychology how i make decisions is driven by that process so the point is i think it is challenging to to share the word of something so beautiful because it ha you have to get out of the mind. But if the mind makes a decision, no. But when the heart makes a decision, then it's then that's really it. You know, if you think about all the things in your life so far, if you were to, to just consider the question, what has brought you greater satisfaction, your heart or your mind? Yeah, it's probably answer. clear, right? Yeah. And yet we make so many decisions from the mind. So I, I find that to be the greatest challenge currently. Yeah, and I love what you said about um, you mentioned when you're a kid and somebody says something and you start to build these walls around you and it's so real it's so correlative to the the quote from uh deepak chopra about you know measure his amount of joy and laughter uh or the whatever leader um because the whole process is let's go back and figure out why we built those walls what happened what did somebody say let's go discover and look inward and once we figure that stuff out, we can heal it, pull it out. And the more we do that, the more we lean into that, uh, the freer we become, the more those walls that we have built, they come back down. And then uh, people, you know, everyone's probably heard like connect to your inner child or whatever. Well, that is, that is the process. That's what, that's what that looks like. And the more you can do that and get back to that freedom and that joy and that passion and everything, that you had when you were a kid is the magic. And that's where the joy and, the, and, the, and everything comes from, the energy. Um, and this, this game is a perfect way to achieve that without, you know, doing years and years of work and, you know, therapy or whatever you want to call it, you know.
Yeah, beautifully said, Pat. I, I, I couldn't agree more with you. I, I, I love that journey of, of exploring how do we get the magic back, right? There's, mm -hmm. there's a sense of, I've heard it talked about like a, a diamond. You know, we start out as this brilliant diamond, the light pouring through us and shooting rainbows everywhere around us, right? Yeah. And, and yet over time, we throw a little mud on it, throw a little dirt on it, throw a little whatever, and it becomes covered up. And then the yeah. rest of life is like this process of, you know, we're becoming degeniused in the process or normalized in the process. And yet what happens when we try to, oh, okay, well, I'm picking that off. Here's a little facet of that diamond. And, and all of us have these beautiful facets that we're, we really want to reveal. And it's a better world when we do that. I think companies are waking up to that. We're beginning to realize that, you know, some of these tools, you know, people are worried about chat, GPT. They're worried about yeah. automation. It's like, okay, cool. And what if we directed those things to do the mind things that we don't love? And what if we did get to express our heart through music, through expression of ourselves in ways that chat GPT can't? <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not, to, not to shift the conversation, but to say where we focus our time and attention. And I see companies starting to realize that. It's like, wait a minute. So companies are basically people, groups of people, yeah. also yeah. connecting with groups of people. So the more human we are, the more that we honor people and their experience, that's of benefit to us. That shouldn't be a surprise. And I think a lot of companies are waking up to that. It's like you don't just have a unit of someone's you know, brain working in your company. It's like EQ is one of the greatest greatest predictors of success in life, period. Yeah, period. Yeah. So if you're developing that with others through play, come on. <laughs> how, how simple. <laughs> what are we waiting for? <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not uh, play a little bit more? Yeah. So uh, I want to shift the conversation now to uh, so that we can get to know you more on a personal level. And I like to end these with uh, some just some rapid fire questions um, and so whatever comes to mind, and if you can't think of anything, you can, you could pass and go to the next one, but you've already mentioned like several books that have been impactful for you. Um, can you name, uh, you know, one, two, three people that, uh, you've come across in your life that have been very impactful for you, somebody that you would consider, and maybe it's not somebody that you've met, maybe somebody that you follow or whatever, uh, that have been very impactful for you. I'll give you three real quick. Um, you asked for rapid fire. I'll give you three real quick. Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers. I, I love that, you know, uh -huh. he showed so much heart and in an era of, you know, hashtag me too. And we watch of a lot of experts dying in front of us. You know, they used to be yeah. great. You go, wait a minute, Bill Cosby, was it a predator? Oh, you know, a lot of the reputations were ruined and yet his was not. He was such a mm -hmm. beautiful man. And I have a lot of respect for his willingness to keep showing up in the way he was. And, you know, people wanted to vilify him. They wanted to, to yeah. tear him down. And he he sort of did beautiful things. And he was able to be with children without doing terrible. Anyway, I really just love who, who he was from his heart. Um, from a mind perspective, someone like Nikola Tesla has always fascinated oh, me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, just extraordinary, right? The contributions. You look at, you know, our lives are better because of Nikolai Tesla. And his goal, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, or know this, but he wanted to end war. Mm. This big overarching desire in his life was to end. Really? Life. That was like what was driving him. Yeah. And he had projects where wow. he was being paid to do one thing. And he was trying, he was working on his other project as well. As a lot of geniuses right. do, they're like, well, the project you're paying me for is really easy. So I have extra time. And I'm a, so he was trying to end war. Uh, that was really powerful. And then uh, Buckminster Fuller. 
And Buckminster Ford, uh, some people don't know him, some people do, and the people that do are like, oh yeah, you know, and the people that don't are, what, what, who is he? And he was the geodesic dome guy. He he patented the geodesic oh, dome. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, he, he had a vision for humanity. Um, he originally, I, I'll, I'll make this short, but he had thought about killing himself because he wasn't successful in life. He was a penniless man trying to take care of a family, he had two kids, one of them had died from spinal meningitis and it was a really tragic moment in his life and he was ready to, to jump in to Lake Michigan. He was gonna swim as far as he could and give up. Wow. And he heard this voice say, your life does not belong to you. And from there, he decided to devote his life to 100% of humanity without any disadvantage to anyone through spontaneous cooperation with others. Ooh. And he called himself guinea pig B and he said, everything now is an experiment. And if I die in the experiment, well, I was going to die anyway. So I can really go fully into this 100% belief in serving others because I was going to be gone. So everything here from, from everything forward is a gift. And his life dramatically transformed for him and for everyone around him. He would write at the end of the month a check to all the causes he cared about. And he'd take his account down to zero. Oh, my God. Wow. That's how much faith and belief he had <laughs> in what he was doing. Incredible. You know, I've heard um, that Elon Musk, I've heard it from his mouth, actually, like on a video, like that's how he approaches life as well. That's why he just keeps going all in and all in and all in because he's like, um, I'm just going to get another one. Like if whatever happens in this one, I'm just going to get another one and uh, and let's go. <laughs> that's that's that you can feel that from him, can't you? I mean, you can feel yeah. all in. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Wow. Um, let's see. Last question is, uh, what is your superpower? Something you are great at that people may or may not know about you. For me, it's positivity. And and sometimes I think, well, maybe I'm a little naive because so many people are not very positive and, and maybe I'm, I'm believing. But I, no, I, I believe and I, I start my day with gratitude and I, you know, right as I I'm beginning to wake up even before my eyes are open. I'm thinking about all I have to be grateful for. And, and sometimes it's just really simple. Like, Hey, I made it. I'm here again. And I think that's, I, the universe is for me. Sometimes it's hard to wake up. Maybe you feel a little pain. Maybe you feel a little tired. Maybe you're not sure what's going to happen that day, but life is possible and life is for me. Yeah. It's like optimism. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, before I started my, you know, looking inward journey, I approach the world like uh, everyone's out to get me. I have to protect myself and I'm going to get through this thing. And once I discovered who I am and, and really started d diving deep, I realized, holy shit, no, this is like a giant game and I get to turn it into whatever I want to. This is a blast. And that, that's where that positivity and that optimism comes from for me anyway. Well, I, I, I love that about you. And that's why we connected, I think, initially was in around this game. You know, it's one thing to say you have cards and dice, right? And it's a game, right. or whatever, but it's a choice to share. And you did. I mean, I'll never, these moments, each time I play the game, they're memorable. They're etched in my mind. They're etched in my yeah. heart. Like I, you know, and I remember the first time we played your level of positivity and excitement, that curiosity, that childlike play was there. <clears throat> at yeah. the very beginning and has continued to be there. You are doing something to nurture that and you're nurturing that for others in the world with your podcast, with everyone you meet, everyone you connect with. And it's, it's yeah. really a joy. 
every time, and you know, it's a, it's an audio podcast, right? But you smile yeah. so much, you you bring that that joy from your heart, and you let that shine for others. So I I just want to reflect that back to you because it's it's always a pleasure to connect with you, and I wow, because thank you. of those things that you've nurtured. Wow, I appreciate you saying that. That that means a lot to me. It is something that I uh, really try to spread, um, just because I you know I have such a connection to it and. It is truly authentically who I am, and I just want to do whatever I can to spread. So a big part of me doing that is having you on this podcast. So thank you again for taking the time. I know you have a lot going on, and uh, having taking the time to have this conversation um, has been amazing. And we're going to put the links to the game and, and uh, to your LinkedIn. How can people um, connect with you if they want to uh, learn more about you? Uh, LinkedIn the best way? or LinkedIn is good. An email to us at gratitude.game. So it's not .game.com. It's just .game. So yeah. us at gratitude.game will send a, an email to Terry and I, and we're very responsive. We love working with organizations. We're very curious. We love to try things out. There's a giddy pigness. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Trying out new things. And um, yeah, that's a great way to get a hold of us. Great. And Graticube is spelled G-R-A-T-I-C-U-B-E uh, dot game. You got it. Perfect. Hey, thanks again, Sam. This has been amazing. And um, I appreciate your time. Oh, thank you so much. Deeply grateful. Mm -hmm.